Welcome to the Fatherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Jamar Hudson, and you're in the fatherhood. As a new member of the hood, my goal is to use this podcast as a platform to talk about my journey as a new father. Part therapeutic, part informative, part educational. My goal is to talk about everything, from adjusting to getting no sleep, to changing diapers, to just hoping I get everything right. This podcast will be a space to share with you the joys, challenges, and fears of being a first-time father. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Fatherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Jamar Hudson, and I'm happy you're here. This is episode seven of this podcast, and I feel like I'm finally starting to get the hang of of what I'm trying to do here. But as always, I love to hear from you. Be be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and write a review. And be sure to tell your friends about it. Spread the word via social media. I'm using this platform in part to chronicle my journey as a new father, the highs, lows, surprises, and challenges that come with it. I've been blessed to be directly connected to some great fathers and to know many more through mutual acquaintances. And I hope the conversations that I have on this podcast with other fathers are as beneficial to you as they are to me. I want to go back a bit to before Emery was born. You know, I remember the day Sharice first told me she was pregnant and we were definitely trying. And fortunately for us, it didn't take us that long. And we're thankful for that. But for me, once I got the news, there were just a few days of shock. Like, like, is this for real? It's kind of hard to describe, but if you're a father, I'm sure you understand You know what I'm trying to say. There are a million thoughts running through your, your mind from excitement to confusion to fear You know, to how how's this process going to go. You know, As much as you talk to your boys about it or your friends or your, your relatives to ask for advice, unless you go through it and until you go through it, there are really no words to adequately describe the process. But, but one of the first thoughts you have, at least I had when you first find out you're having a baby, is how, how am I going to pay for all this? You know, Sharice and I both have good jobs to keep the bills paid and allow us to save and invest a little bit and do some traveling here and there. But for the entirety of our relationship, it's just been the two of us. So I'm thinking, do we have enough? You know, I know now we're going to have to add doctor's appointments to our lives and everything that needs to be bought to prepare for Emory's arrival. And all these thoughts are going through my head and not to mention daycare. And where we live in PG County, you might as well say you're adding another inch to the budget. So so while the excitement of finding out we're going to bring a life into the world was definitely there, you know, I'd be lying if I said the financial aspect of fatherhood wasn't at the forefront of of the pregnancy. And even now that that Emory has been here a couple of months. And let me just say that, you know, we live a, a comfortable life and we're fortunate to be able to provide for Emory and get what he needs. But by no means is managing money my strong suit. You know, I, I admit that Sharice is much better at that. And she she does our, our budgets. But but as a father, you know, I want to put us in the best position to succeed in all areas of our lives, especially in our finances. And as Emory grows up, I want to be open with him about managing finances and, and being transparent about what we're bringing in and putting out in our household. You know, so often in our parents and grandparents' generation, Especially in the black community, money really wasn't talked about, if if at all. You know, I know growing up for me, it wasn't really discussed much in my household, and because of that, it left many of us learning on the fly. You know, we're late teens, early twenties, coming out of college because we didn't have that financial education. We were just out here making making dumb decisions that put us in a hole that we that took years uh, to get out of. And we want we want to avoid that moving forward. We want to break those generational curses of of not being open about finances and talking about money in our household. And for me as a father, I don't want to ever get to the point where I feel like I'm too good to ask for advice 
you know, or talk to people who know more about something than I do. And that's what I'm going to do today on this podcast, talking about finances. Uh, my next guest on the fatherhood has, along with his wife, created an outstanding blog to help people overcome obstacles that get in the way of achieving their financial goals. And coming up after the break, I'm going to talk to Julian Saunders about how we as fathers can achieve financial freedom. Once again, this is Jamar Hudson, and you're in the fatherhood. I'm happy to have my next guest on The Fatherhood. He and his wife are the dynamic duo behind the Rich and Regular blog, which is an honest, informative, and relative take on how to improve your life through mastering personal finance. Uh, in addition, he is an outstanding husband and, like me, is a father to a son. So I'm excited to pick his brain today. So Julian Saunders, welcome to The Fatherhood. Hey, how's it going, man? How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks a lot for joining me. Before we get into today's topic about you know finances, just tell me a little bit about you know your wife and son. Yeah, so my wife Kirsten, um, you know, we got we met in 2012. We met at work. Pretty boring story. <laughs> uh, we met at work, uh, clicked pretty instantly, and got married. In, and that was in 2012. We got married in 2015, uh, and we had our son Bo uh, in 2017. So he's knocking on two years old right now and yeah. um, spitting out a couple words here and there, <laughs> but, you know, pretty much a bunch of garble, but we're, you know, we're, we're in the middle of, you know, dealing with a full blown toilet right now. So it's been, it's been pretty fun. Absolutely, man. We're, we're coming up on, on three months over here and we're starting, you know, the, the baby sounds, not talk, but just, you know, sounds and, and, and little giggles. So that's definitely exciting. Uh, Julian, one of the questions I asked all my guests, um, you know, on this fatherhood podcast is what does being a father mean to you? Yeah, um, it it is it, it's changing. You know, at first, you know, as a first time father, it was really simple. Like it was all about the basics. Like don't hurt the baby. You know, like mm -hmm. you're yeah. so obsessed with holding them the right way. And um, you know, and for me, you know, I I was thirty five, thirty seven. Do you remember how old I was? Uh, thirty seven when 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 I had my son. And um, you know, I did not have a lot of experience even holding a baby, and so yeah. I was learning. And uh, kind of applying like this this by the book approach, and then you start to soften a little bit and realize uh, that it's not to say that it's not that serious, but um, you know you, they're not you know they're not like these delicate flowers, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But it was all about the basics. And for now, you know, again that his little brain is developing and and he's learning how to behave. I'm really a, a model, and so for me, it's it's serving as as a positive role model for my son because uh, he mimics. You know my behaviors, my tone, everything, and and he looks up to me like you can see it, uh, and so that's that's pretty much my role. That's what it means to me. You sound a lot like me because before Emery was born, I had never changed a diaper, so I'm yeah. learning all this on the fly. And you know, before he was born, I was one of those guys who was afraid to hold someone who had a new someone's newborn baby. You know, I was scared I'd you know drop them or whatever. But that that totally changed. You know, once once you have your own son. Um, so what do you love most about being a dad? Um, you know, that changes too. Um, so recently I, I've, I've come to really just enjoy the relationship. Him and I have a relationship and it's like, you know, part friendship, part parent, part mentor and caretaker. And so it's, it's like a new relationship, 
uh, with someone that you understand and he understands and views me in a way. And so I try to treat him, especially now that, again, we're seeing he's mimicking these behaviors and trying to be a, a big boy. And so um, it is a genuine relationship, even though he does not speak uh, English very well, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's really just it's, he's like my friend, you know, uh, obviously I'm his parent, but you mm-hmm. know, we we have a unique sort of relationship and our own little inside jokes. Uh, and he I know now that he knows me, like he knows when I'm going to do certain things uh, because of the sort of relationship that we've that we've developed. Fatherhood inspirations, Julian, who where did you pattern your your approach to being a father? Who did you pattern that after? Where did you learn how to how to be a father? Uh, I learned on the fly, uh, yeah. but I learned I learned a lot from, you know, a lot of different people. You know, my unfortunately, my father was not around or I should say present uh, every single day uh, when I was a kid. But I did learn a lot from him. Uh, and then I would say, you know, even learning about fatherhood was just not even, you know, part of my mindset in my 20s mm-hmm. and, and even early 30s. But as my friends, uh, a lot of who were older, started to have children, I'd learn a lot from them. Same thing with marriage. I learned a lot from them and watch them and see, you know, how they were doing certain things. And so I, I would say a little bit uh, uh, from from everyone. Um, but there's also, you know, going back to my dad, there's also been that sort of chip on my shoulder where I wanted to be the type of dad that I didn't have. And so, right. you know, you just start to to say, all right, well, you know, I, I wish I would have had these things. Therefore, I'm going to make a point to do those things uh, and to do it well. Awesome, awesome, man. And Bo's coming up on two years old. And I'm curious, how in those two years has fatherhood changed you and your approach to life? Um, you know, fatherhood has made me appreciate the the little moments more. Like, you know, I used mm-hmm. to, like, for example, um, I for for a little stretch, I had this this uh, tendency to always do the big gesture. And so like for my birthday, like I would literally, I used to say like, if I'm not signing a waiver on my life for my birthday, cause I would go skydiving one year and then whitewater rafting the next, like I was just all about trying to do like big life-changing crazy moments. And fatherhood slowed me down a lot in that regard. Um, but now I've come to appreciate the little things. Like it's those tiny little moments that happen throughout the day. Uh, where you look over and you you see him doing something or learning something, uh, and you can tell that he heard you the day before or the week before, and so it's just made me appreciate and and be more present um, because if you're not looking for those little things, you won't even notice. And it's like, oh wow, he he did hear me. He did understand what I was trying to explain to him because now he's displaying it, and it's just a, a natural part of his repertoire. Awesome, awesome. And I'm talking to Julian Saunders today on the fatherhood, one half of uh, Rich and Regular. Uh, in my in my first segment, Julian, I was talking about how you know when I found out Sharice, my wife was was pregnant. One of the first thoughts I had was, okay, how are we going to pay for this? You know, I think of any father once you find out you're going to have a child, okay, the financial aspect of it is is very prevalent in, in all of your thoughts. So so you and your wife Kirsten started Rich and Regular. Tell our listeners about it and what motivated you guys to create it. Yeah, so Rich and Regular is uh, or richandregular.com is really our life story as a couple told through a financial lens. And so we talk about our lives, our struggles, the good times, the bad times and, and the role that money has played 
along that journey. We're also part of what's called the FIRE movement. Uh, and in this context, FIRE is an acronym for Financial Independence Retire Early. And it's a group uh, of, of crazy internet friends and people. You know, sometimes we, we all get together in person at conferences or camps and stuff. Um, but it's a bunch of money nerds that have basically found ways to life hack personal finance. Uh, and through the combination of lowering your expenses and boosting your income and investing wisely have figured out a way to retire early. And so for us, we're on the path to have the option to retire, uh, meaning we wouldn't have to work to earn money uh, by 2021. So in about three years. Man, and you guys have an outstanding story, an outstanding blog, and I encourage all of our listeners to to plug into what they have going on over at Rich and Regular and just learn something I know I, I definitely have in reading their blogs and, and watching some of their, their videos. Uh, you and I are around the same age, Julian. And for me, at least, money really wasn't talked about in my household growing up. I don't know if it's a generational thing or a cultural thing, but I'm curious, was that, was that the case for you? Um, money was, was discussed um, from a standpoint of valuing money. Um, I grew up in a, in a West Indian household, both sides. My mother and my father are Jamaican. I grew up in Brooklyn in a largely Caribbean um, part of the borough called Flatbush. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, th there are strong cultural views around money. Um, predominantly, you don't really talk about it. You respect that sort of boundary. There's a wall there. You don't get in other people's business. Um, but also to value money because, you know, at the time in the 80s, this was not, this is, you know, the, the crack era, if we're being honest, it was not pretty out there. And so, um, you know, everyone was was essentially in a, in a certain degree of poverty at the time. And so we valued money a lot. It was about stretching a dollar uh, as far as you can and, un and being mindful of saving. And so money was talked about, but that's kind of where it stopped. There was no one talking right. about starting a business or like investing or, you know, compound interest and how to make this dollar grow. It was more like set that dollar aside, put it in a piggy bank, and then next year you'll be able to buy something as opposed to, nah, take that money, you know, plant it like a seed in a garden. And then later on, you will end up bearing the benefit of fruit for years to come. You know, that's investing. No one was around talking about that sort of thing. Right. Right. And when talking about personal finance, when I first reached out to you to have you on, you mentioned to me that, you know, fatherhood is often missing in that conversation. So how should we as fathers prioritize personal finance among everything else that we have going on on our plates? Yeah, well, I'm really proud uh, to see the women's movement uh, growing the way that it is because, you know, as sad as it may sound, I think it's a good thing for men too. It's an opportunity for, for us to, to, to learn uh, and in a lot of cases heal uh, while we watch women kind of uh, take hold of, of, of their full uh, identities in this world. Uh, so that's a really good thing. Um, but as it relates to fathers and the way that they talk or think about money, um, you know, we got to stop perpetuating these old mindsets, this idea that money and manhood are sort of one and the same, or that your your amount of money is directly tied to your self-worth. It's not. Um, that's, that's something that I think a lot of men still struggle with today. Um, and, and, and they 
they tend to tie the amount of money that they have to uh, the sort of value uh, that they have or the type of woman that they think they can even attract or the type of father that they can be. Uh, and unfortunately, they, they tend to pass down that same sort of mindset uh, to their kids. And so, you know, I think money is just a tool. That's all it is. It's a tool in which you have it, you treat it well, you know how to make it grow. You know, as a result, it can help make your life a lot easier. And so I think if we just start thinking about money as, as like manners, start thinking about money on a deeper fundamental level, like personal hygiene, you know, it's something that you have to learn how to do as opposed to this thing that, you know, you know, drives you or makes your heart beat or makes you uh, masculine. I think that that's, that's, that's unfortunately a really uh, destructive mindset to have and shouldn't be passed on to our children. And, and that's hard to avoid, you know, especially in the in the social media era when we when we see everyone else posting. If I see, you know, you posting something with Bo, and it's like, wow, I need to do that 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 same thing for for my son. How do we avoid getting falling in that trap of wanting to quote unquote keep up with the Joneses? Yeah, well, even even the concept of keeping up with the Joneses, uh, I struggle with, you know. And again, as someone that thinks about money and talks about money on a regular basis, I think when people talk about keeping up with the Joneses, they really only look at the big stuff. They look at, mm-hmm. all right, well, this person bought that house, therefore I need to do that, or this person took this big vacation, therefore I need to do that. You know, I think the thing that really gets people caught up are the deeper sort of tiny death by thousand swipes keeping up with the Joneses. And it's like Mm -hmm. the little things like, oh, well, this person got this car seat versus the other one. You know what? The the difference might be a feature that you're probably not even going to use, but the difference between the Mm -hmm. two and cost might be $50. and we get caught up in those little things or it's like, you know, I got to get the name brand diapers for my son, even though you find out that they are literally the same thing with like, except this one has Cookie Monster on it versus right. the other one. You know, you multiply that by, you know, by boxes. And, you know, when you have a kid, you're burning through those things, whether it's wipes or cereal or snacks, all those little mm-hmm. things that you spend or are willing to spend 10, 15 percent more on adds up over over the long run. And so, yeah, I think we just need to start paying closer attention um, about the way that we spend our money on not just the big things, but also the little things. Great, great. Julian Saunders, uh, one half of richandregular.com is joining me today on The Fatherhood. So Julian, how did your financial planning strategy change uh, once you found out you were going to be a father? And what are some things you've had to alter in the two years uh, since Bo has been here? Um, our financial strategy, if anything, we doubled down on it. And so by that, what I mean is our goal, as I mentioned, was to basically front load our savings. And so instead of, you know, the marathon approach, which is what I think most people sign up for, which is you save what you can, whether it's 10%, 15%. Um, and unfortunately, you know, the data suggested that number is significantly lower, but you save what you can and over 20, 30, 40 years of working, you too can retire and live comfortably. Um, that's the long marathon approach. We are taking the sprint uphill approach, which is save 50, 60, 70%, live small, spend less, and do that over a shorter period of time, and then allow that money to grow. When we had our son, all that did was make me want to do that even quicker because you start to mm-hmm. realize how important 
um, the role that we play uh, in his life is. And you start to imagine, wow, you know, instead of showing him what a national park looks like on television, I want to be able to actually take him there um, or, or take a trip around the country in an RV. Just something that you would never do or even think was possible because you're always thinking that your Mondays through Friday, nine to five is going to be spent working. And so for us, it's a matter of saying, hey, we don't want to do that, um, not just for ourselves, but also for our son. So all it really did having um, having a son is say, you know what, this, we were right. Uh, and we want to, at least for us, and we want to uh, make sure that we get there as quickly as possible. Great, great. In your experiences, what are some financial mistakes that you often see fathers and other parents make? Uh, oh, I go right back to, to to what I just said. It's it's ignoring the little things because you know mm-hmm. when when I have conversations with with fathers specifically, they tend to, um, you know, and I'm generalizing here, but I'm just telling you what, what I hear is that they point the finger at the wife and say, ah, oh, well, it's her, and she likes yeah. about these little things, but they don't really pay attention to, you know, the crazy uh, TV that's downstairs or you know, the other TV that's in the other room, mm-hmm. that you don't even mm-hmm. go in anymore or the car or the hanging out with the fellas. Or, you know, guys have their own uh, set of splurges as well. And so pay attention to those things. Don't just think that you're going to nitpick your wife and, and, and say, hey, these are the, the little things that she does or spends on. You know, you're both in this together. And so pay attention to the little things. Again, whether it's diapers, wipes, or the lotion, same rules apply for you. And so whatever your things are, if it's a, you know, do an honest assessment of your cable package. And I think a lot of people, that's a source spot for them, where it's like, you know, there are tons of other options out there for you to still be able to watch sports or still be able to watch what you want to watch without paying for the buffet of uh, the big cable package. Great. great. And uh, I think this kind of leads to another question I had. One of the the things that stood out to me on you guys' Instagram page at Rich and Regular was a quote that said, building wealth requires daily focus. And it is so easy to to lose focus when you see some of the things that you you may want, but not necessarily need. Uh, How do you maintain that, that focus of not drifting off and getting some things that you may not need right now? Uh, well, we do drift off. We're not we're not perfect. Um, we we drift just like everybody else, and so we're not uh, so deep uh, in the throes of of our 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 dreams that we you know we're, we're you know we don't veer left uh, sometimes, but we should have stayed straight. Um, but we have regular conversations uh, about our budget. We have uh, regular reviews of our net worth and our portfolios. And, and, and granted, there isn't always something to do, but we look at it regularly. And so I go back to to what I said about making it a daily part of what you do. Uh, and it may seem obsessive, um, but you know, think about the things that you already give uh, and obsess about. You know, most of us uh, that have a cell phone, uh, you know, should probably take a closer look at screen time. You can look at the <laughs> amount of time that we put oh, yeah. into social media, right? That's time that you could be looking at something that's probably a little bit more uh, productive for you. And so for us, those little things are reading articles about uh, investing. It's taking that webinar for that person that keeps screaming on your Facebook timeline, uh, right. getting you to buy their free course. You know, they're not always good, but you do get an opportunity to learn something or you get introduced to something that might be a little bit more productive than than mindless scrolling. But um, again, it's, it's like hygiene. It's like grooming. 
You know, you don't have to spend a ridiculous amount of time every single day, but you know you got to do it. And so it's just a matter of doing those little things to keep your eye on the ball uh, and then avoiding the things that are uh, contributing to uh, bad habits. You know, on your journey towards with financial freedom and in this ongoing journey, I, I imagine, what are some challenges that you've you face al- along the way? Oh man, um, you know, I think the big thing is 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 dealing with with the market, right, and and understanding that you're mm-hmm. not in control of that. Um, you know, we're actually in the process of writing about this, but we had this tendency to believe that as something is happening, you know, things are going good, you you will convince yourself that you had something to do with that decision, um, and you don't touch it. Uh, but when things start going bad, as is the case right now, the market is not doing really great. Um, people want to spring into action. We cannot stand to know that you know we lost you know a hundred dollars or even more uh, compared to let's say yesterday or last week. Um, and so you've got to really think about um, what that means uh, for yourself and and know to just stay the course, continue to have a long term investment mindset, uh, and not react or overreact to the big wins or the big losses in the short term. Talking to Julian Saunders once again, Julian, for, for a new father like me and, and for other fathers who are li- listening to this podcast, where should I start when I'm trying to set up investments and in, in college savings for, for my son? Yeah, so um, investments and college savings are, you know, can be two different things. Let's start with college savings. You've got your pretty basic, what's called the 529 plan. Uh, those are sponsored plans uh, or state-sponsored plans. And so every single state, and therefore every plan is going to be a little different um, because they have different regulations for each. There are tons of articles. We've not written about it because there are tons of articles uh, available uh, on the internet, but that's a great tool uh, to essentially prepay for college education. Um, but the challenge is nobody really knows how expensive college is going to be. Right. Um, and I think the even bigger question is whether or not college as we know it today will even be relevant uh, 20 years from now because of the student loan crisis and other things that we're experiencing um, today. And so uh, there's that. But investments, you can also, I mean, aside from investing in yourself and then having some sort of legacy planning structure to pass down that wealth, uh, I think that's absolutely critical. But you can also go as far as opening up savings plans for your children today. So, so that's one of our stretch goals this year is to uh, open up. A, is You know, he's knocking on two, but that doesn't mean he can't have an IRA. Uh, I believe it's called a custodial IRA, where you open it, you own it, but you can contribute uh, on behalf of your of your child. And so I think those are great options for people to consider uh, if they're kind of thinking long term and want to get started today. Awesome. Well, last question, Julian, I'll get you out of get you out of here on this. How do you plan on teaching Bo about finances and what is your approach going to be like when he gets of age and wants to learn about money? You know, the beauty of the Internet is it is recording every single keystroke word uh, interview on a podcast that we do. And so <laughs> he will likely uh, have the full playbook. Um, and, and, and at some point we'll, we'll, we'll be reviewing everything that we've written on Rich and Regular. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, maybe, maybe that's the underlying reason why we blogged it so that we don't have to explain it all in detail to him. We can say, no, yeah, read, yeah. read this book <laughs> or read this blog or whatever it'll be called by the time he's old enough to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's that. Uh, but then there's also, and I think 
at its core is is making sure that he understands the relationship between exchanging his time for money. You can earn money, but it doesn't always have to come uh, in, in in the form of you exchanging your time or being somewhere or being present in a room at a desk or in a building. Um, we want to make sure that he understands that there are other ways to earn money uh, that don't necessarily include uh, ch- exchanging your time. You know, Julie, my man, this is a great spot to end. And I want to thank you for joining me on The Fatherhood. For my listeners out there, be sure to check out Julian and his wife, Kirsten, at richandregular.com and at Rich and Regular on all social media platforms. You know, Julian dropped some gems on us today, and I know I'm definitely going to take some of his tips and apply them to my life, especially the now that we're saving for not just two, but for three people. Because the decision we make today will not only impact our lives tomorrow, but next year, five years from now, and so on and so forth. And if you remember, Hove said on the story of OJ that financial freedom is our only hope. And now that Emory is here, I want to make sure that I'm not only teaching him as much as I can about money, but making sure that the decisions that I make today will leave him a good foundation when when Sharice and I are gone. You know, we are about a month or so into this government shutdown at the time of this recording, which is affecting a lot of us, especially here in D.C. But what one thing is revealed is how important it is to have something saved up in the event of an emergency uh, or an event as silly as what we're seeing in the government shutdown, because you just never know. So it is important that we are proactive in our finances rather than reactive. And I hope that you, again, apply some of the tips that, that Julian uh, shared on this podcast and that you can find at richandregular.com. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the episodes, and tell your friends about what we're doing over here at The Fatherhood. Until next time, this is Jamar Hudson, and you're in The Fatherhood.